This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome into the Autzen Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Bream. Eric Scopel is with me on the show as always. And today we're excited because we are going to be talking and breaking down this weekend's game for the Oregon Ducks. They head to Pullman to take on the Washington State Cougars. And we have on today's show a guest from Coug Fan, uh, Zach Armstrong. He covers the Cougars for Coug Fan, uh, our affiliate with the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, Zach, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. So it, it's been an interesting offseason. It's been an interesting um, season nonetheless. Uh, Cougars went down to, to Oregon State, and they got that big first win of the Rolovich era. Um, before we really dive into just kind of the, the nuts and bolts of this team for this week, just real quick, what's just kind of been your 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 feelings and, and what you've kind of picked up on what the Rolovich era at Washington State should be known for? Well, it's exciting. I think Cougar fans are really excited. It's a little bit of a breath of fresh air um, from the last eight years in the air raid. I think a lot of people were excited to see the offensive linemen moving, uh, a lot more physicality from the group up front. Um, obviously really excited to see Jaden play. Um, it's been a while since food fans have seen a true freshman come in and play that well, and they're really excited about what the next four years or however many may be. Couldn't tell for Jaden. Um, I think a lot of people, and myself especially, were really excited to see how much the defense has improved just energy-wise. Last year, there was a lot of rotating and trying to figure out who fit where and what personnel was going to work best together. And I think uh, defensive coordinator Jake Dickert from Wyoming has just came in and really got these guys excited to go. Just play fast. Don't worry too much about what the outcome may be and just trust whoever you are playing next to. That kind of goes right into uh, my next question, Zach, of just watching Washington State play against the Cougar, uh, against the Beavers on Saturday. Uh, in Corvallis or just your overall impressions from you know what you were told the team would look like you know before games were played when Rolovich would have press conferences and media availabilities or assistant coaches or players and then how did that maybe translate to what we actually saw on the field what were your impressions from from that from that game against Oregon State well I think it was interesting because there were so many unknowns and so many questions about the depth chart and who would play where and, you know, the quarterback controversy leading up to week before the game. And I think they came out and did exactly what Rolovich said they were going to do. The media, a lot of the time, um, WSU is so used to rotating a lot of wide receivers in and out, you know, a lot of, a lot of different guys playing all over the field. And in that first game, there was only four players that logged a catch. And it was just really interesting to see how, he said it was going to be that way. WSU fans should prepare to see minimal amount of rotation. And, and that was the truth. And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, he, he, he really talked highly of a lot of different guys. And he really tried 
to make it seem like everyone was competing. And I think that wasn't just a roundabout in the media, that that actually was the case against Oregon State. Obviously had a lot of guys that were unavailable for differing reasons, but the young defensive backs, uh, different people played at linebacker, and we rotated a lot on the edge and defensive tackle. So I think it was just good and like a little bit surprising, but not surprising based on what Rolovich had said, that they were truly going to rotate a lot on defense and a very small amount on offense. Zach, you know, Jaden Delora's name has come up obviously a lot this week. And I think for Oregon fans, it's a new name, true freshman. Can you can you walk us through the story first on kind of his recruitment to Washington State? I know he's from Hawaii. He's a four-star recruit, which, you know, doing a little bit of a deep dive this morning on, on kind of the top Washington State recruits, kind of unusual to have that kind of caliber player, especially at quarterback. Um, he committed to the previous staff, correct? Can you talk to me about how he stuck it out with the Cougars? And then secondly, I know it came down to him and Cameron Cooper, another highly regarded four-star recruit at quarterback. Kind of what was that competition? What did it sound like it was like? And were you surprised at all with, with the decision to go with Delora to start? Well, Delora's recruitment is really interesting. It's actually a really cool story. Um, when he was at St. Louis High School and he was the backup for Siobhan Cordero, who's currently the starting quarterback at Hawaii, um, when Delora didn't even have a varsity start under his belt, Rolovich offered him at Hawaii, and it was his first offer. And that was in May of 2018. And when Delora finally took over and Cordero went to Hawaii, um, Delora's first Power 5 offer after Hawaii came a full year later from Washington State and head coach Mike Leach at the time. And he committed to Washington State a day after Mike Leach had offered him. Mm. And later down the road, he eventually got an offer from from Ohio State. Um, Ohio State actually had an offensive uh, coordinator and quarterback coach go out there to his high school at St. Louis in Honolulu and visit him. And then he didn't have any interest. He was set on Washington State and Mike Leach. And, you know, he threw for more than 3,400 yards as a senior, Gatorade Hawaii player of the year as a senior. And once Mike Leach got the job at Mississippi State, um, Delora was actually at the Polynesian Bowl, and he really just wanted to sit back and see who Washington State decided to go with. And once they signed Rolovich, it, it was just like a done deal. He was excited. He saw what uh, Rolovich did at Hawaii, and he obviously had that connection with him dating back to before he had even played a varsity game. So it, it was just it was just all, all things go. Once Rolovich got the job, Delora wasn't going anywhere. And Cougar fans were really excited. Obviously, Duck legend Marcus Mariota, Tua yep. Tagovailoa. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have done really good things out of St. Louis High School. So he came to campus at the beginning of the summer, and Rolovich just said he got off the plane, and it was just it was just all football for for Delora. Um, a lot of the offensive linemen have talked about how you don't have to worry about off the field things with him. He's just a really calm, collected kid who he wants to talk to everyone in the locker room. And I think he just came in this summer and. The other two quarterbacks, Cameron Cooper is a great quarterback. Gunnar Cruz is a great quarterback. But I think they may have been somewhat hesitant just to see what Rolovich was all about, what the new staff was all about. And Delora already knew the ins and outs of the run and shoot. He really just had a step ahead of the two guys, although he had to learn you know, who the, who the people were around him in terms of the players. He really was a step ahead as soon as he got here. With the run and shoot, it just asks for so much more out of the quarterback. We've seen quarterbacks in the – and the air raids just been able to sit back in the pocket and just wait for things to open up after a long period of time. So I think he just came in with the confidence. And then WSU had two scrimmages before uh, kickoff at Oregon State. And the first one, it really just set the tone that it was Cooper. 
and Delora. Um, they both played really well. Each had a touchdown pass over 100 yards. Um, Delora also had a rushing touchdown. And then the second scrimmage, they really made it tough on the quarterbacks. They focused on red zone, third down, two-minute drill. And um, Delora just kind of kind of shined. He was 10 for 13, um, no interceptions. And Cooper struggled a little bit, only completed two passes, had two interceptions. So um, Rolovich said that it was really just the first scrimmage and practices they based it on. But I think as they got closer and and saw that Delora was completely comfortable in tough situations, that, that he was definitely the guy. And I know he's close with Coach Stutzman, a co-offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach. So I think just that bond was there when he got on campus, and he was just, he was just ready to play football. Switching sides here of, of the football real quick, um, Zach, I, I think Washington State's defense has always given Oregon, I think, some fits over the years. Um, Jihad Woods, uh, Washington State's redshirt senior, Will Linebacker is probably the star of this defense. Um, what what makes it so difficult for 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 the Cougars and and you know to I guess for Oregon more so of just uh, play you know for them to play against and see success? So, and what are your what's your take on this defense and what are the key players that you would kind of maybe single out that Duck fans need to be aware of? Yeah, I definitely think Jahad Woods was the guy that I, you know, leads leads everyone's mind. Um, Justice Rogers is also the other linebacker inside. I think um, it'll be a different look. You know, the defensive, the, the edges were rush players last year and they had their hand off the ground standing up. They had some pass coverage responsibilities. And this year it's just true defensive end, hand in the dirt, um, just run stopping and quarterback responsibilities. So I think I think it's a more physical group. And I think that Dickert has, like I said, really instilled with these guys that they should just play. Um, I think what makes it a little bit unique to, to prepare for is there's a fifth defensive back. Um, it's a unique combination of young guys and veterans uh, along, the, along the defensive group. Obviously, some people weren't there last week, but had two true freshmen get plenty of playing time, one starting at strong safety and Aiden Hector and Another one who is a newcomer at Redshirt Junior Junior College transfer, Jalen Watson, started at corner as well. And Shaw Smith-Wade is a third guy who's a true freshman who didn't start at corner but played a lot, had four tackles. So I think there's just a lot of different bodies. I think, I think they're excited to play. And I don't think they have worries like they did last year of what may come, may lose their spot, although there's a lot of talented guys. I think they don't have to worry about – what's going to happen down the road. And I think they're just excited that the new coaching staff's here and believes in them because really Dicker and Rolovich have made it clear that this is a big opportunity for them coaching in the pac 12. So I don't think they're taking anything against these players. I think they're just on the same team in every way. We are uh, speaking with Zach Armstrong of Coop fan. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll continue our interview getting you ready for this weekend's, Oregon at Washington State football game. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast. Uh, we are interviewing uh, Zach Armstrong from Cougfan.com. He covers the Washington State Cougars for the 24-7 Sports Network, and we are getting you ready and prepared for this weekend's 4 p.m. kickoff on Fox between the Ducks and the Cougars. Zach, it was pretty eye-popping to see going into the Oregon State game, or maybe it was afterwards, just that 
Coach Rolovich says there's 32 players unavailable. Has there been an explanation for exactly what that was? Is was some of that COVID related? And I know one player in particular, Oregon fans will be curious about is just what's the status of Max Borgi, the star running back who has been uh, kind of a thorn in Oregon's side and a lot of the Pac-12 last couple of years. Is he going to be available, or kind of what are you hearing, kind of about an in, you know from an injury and availability perspective? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, last night, or excuse me, Monday night after after practice press conference, um, Rolovich was asked if. Borgie's status was known for this weekend and he simply said no so I, I'm not I'm not currently expecting him to be out there but he is listed on the depth chart currently still as the starting running back I know a lot of people have sort of tossed around the idea of a back injury and those are some things that I've heard but as of right now all we know is his status is unknown according to Rolovich but on the other you know 31 players um, it's it's really interesting because for the game on the radio show, uh, director of athletics for WSU, Pat Chun, said that there had been 4,400 total student-athlete COVID-19 tests since basketball and football restarted at the end of September, and they had only had five total positives. And Monday, the SID came onto the press conference and told us that one of those five was a current football player and that that football player was in their last day of isolation protocol on Monday. And then Rolovich was asked if he could sort of expand that, um, you know, some of those 32 players had been from contact tracing due to that one player tested positive. And, and Rolovich just didn't really want to talk about those numbers. He wasn't sure um, whether or not he could, he could disclaim some of that information right there on the spot. And he referred to talking um, to Pat Chun about some of those things. But uh, Barry Bolton, the managing editor for Cougfan.com, was told from a source that there was also a mix of some disciplinary reasons and injuries before we had found out about that one confirmed COVID case that uh, John Wilner also reported on. So there's a lot of unknowns, but Rolovich did add last night that he, he does expect um, a chunk of that 32 to be back this week. We're just not exactly sure who that may be and whether or not it includes Max Borby. How many of those guys, I, I guess the, the, the starting lineup that Washington State rolled out against Oregon State, um, how much of that was, hey, these are the guys that we're expecting to start? And how much of it was, oh, wow, th this guy is missing, that guy is missing, we, we thought he was going to play? Uh, was there a lot of that going on in that game against, Washington, against Oregon State? Or was it kind of, you know, at least their first unit pretty intact? Well, a, a mix of both. Um... At the defensive tackle position, they had a couple oars on the depth chart. Um, Christian Vieja, we did not see out there. It was Dallas Hobbs started for him at defensive tackle. But the other one, um, Travion Brown, um, number 82, is he started five games at nickel last year, but he put on you know 20 pounds this offseason and is the main backup behind uh, Justice Rogers and Jihad Woods at linebacker. And he, he wasn't there. So that was a guy. But the only real big, starting hole that was there was safety um strong safety that is um Tyrese Ross and Chad Davis the two guys were listed on the depth chart to start neither of them um were in Corvallis and so Aiden Hector got the start at strong safety the true freshman who um is from Kennedy Catholic High School in Seattle and he he was a four-star guy who committed to Stanford and there was some off the field questions um, involving a case at his high school. And so Stanford uh, withdrew his scholarship and Nick Rolovich gave him the opportunity to walk on at WSU just about, I don't know, three weeks before kickoff. And 
he was just able to sort of work his way and keep his head down and grind as a walk-on. And two guys went down, and he was the guy that got the call at strong safety. And he, you know, tied for the lead on the defense with seven tackles. So it, it will be really interesting to see whether or not some of those guys will be there. I'm, I'm sure throughout the week, Rolovich will get questioned a lot about specific guys. But that, that was sort of the big one to most people was um, the strong safety guys that were missing, Borgie, and then uh, a little bit at the linebacker with Travion Brown. Well, I, I didn't realize Aiden Hector joined the team. I mean, I, I know Oregon recruited him um, coming mm-hmm. out of high school and a lot of other big-time programs. And so not only do they get him, but they get him as a walk-on. That, that's, <laughs> that's quite the coup right there for, uh, for the Washington State Cougars. I mean, sure, Absolutely. there's – they're, they're having to take a little bit of a risk with his off-field stuff, but mm-hmm. man, on the field, uh, that, that is a dynamite player, and to get him as a walk-on is, is mind-blowing. I, I did Absolutely. not realize he was on the team. Um, offensively, Matt, Matt you didn't you didn't you didn't read my ten best recruits on Washington State story. I just posted it. <laughs> Hector, Hector was number Hector was number one. It was up like an hour ago. Come on. <laughs> Uh, we should note that Eric literally posted that uh, the day of that we're recording this podcast. So. Yeah, and, and, and literally like an hour before we started it, so it's just mostly in jest. Yeah. Um, off script here a little bit. What Washington State's always had some some really good receivers, um, and it seems like every year when you look at their stats statistically, they you know it's just like their their fourth their best returning uh, receiver from the previous year has like 700 yards receiving, and he's you know, fifth on the team the previous year in, in total yardage. It's just mind-boggling stuff with the air raid. Um, what's just this group, the, the feeling with this group at receiver? Is, is there a couple of those guys where, you know, the Cougars the last couple of seasons have had some studs at the receiver spot. Is is there that stud, that dude on this team for receiver? I, I think that guy is um, Travell Harris for WSU. Um, I know – you know, you hit it on the head and then earlier before fall camp started, there was definitely some big question marks. You look down the starting receiving core for WSU and it's everyone's under six feet. And last year that wasn't the case with Desmond Patman. And, you know, we had Tavon Martin who ended up at Oklahoma state and Cassidy Woods in the transfer portal. A lot of guys that were, you know, six, three, six, four. So you looked at the receiving core and there was a little bit of worry there, but I think it fits really well with what Jaden Delora does. They're really explosive receivers. They know how to find holes in the defense. And um, if you, in that Oregon State game, Javel Harris actually had three touchdowns and like a, a great rushing touchdown. And he actually played running back in high school. And Nick Rolovich said that the coaches went back and watched some of his film and wanted to start getting him involved if they could on some sweeps and plays of that nature. So I think Travell Harris is that guy. It's just going to be interesting to see how well WSU can get away with playing against really physical, lengthy cornerbacks with, with some of their size. Um, Calvin Jackson Jr., uh, who was listed as an or starter at the X on the depth chart, went down during the game, and we're, we're not sure about his status for this week. But Lucas Bacon actually did start instead of Calvin Jackson on the outside, and that's WSU's biggest uh, main receiver at six foot two, and he's a, he's a walk-on guy from Spokane. So everyone's rooting for him. So there may be some question marks with the depth. Like I said, there's only four guys who got a catch against Oregon State, and one of them was Calvin Jackson, who went down and only had two catches. So there are some question marks about size and, you know, depth. But I I think the speed and just just the athletic playmaking ability that Travell has, Renard Bell has on the inside, and then Jameer Calvin didn't play last year for WSU because of injury, and 
he really played well with guard with Gardner Minshew and with Luke Falk. So I think Coug fans have been excited to see him. Delora missed him on a couple of early opportunities in the game last week when he was. You could you could see a little bit of those nerves with Delora and really everyone coming back to football for the first time in a long time. But um, I think I think everyone's really excited about the receiving core just because of what how they can take a top off the defense and how they can sort of make things happen when Delora's on the run. You know, Mario Cristobal, Zach, really certainly knows offensive line play. And we spoke with him on Monday. and He really gushed over how talented Abraham Lucas, Liam Ryan, and Josh Watson are. You know, it's an experienced group, he said. He said those guys are Sunday players, meaning NFL players. Do you consider you – know, we just talked about a couple other position groups on offense. and, and they, do, you, do you consider the offensive line maybe one of the more talented, the most talented? Kind of how do you perceive that group? And, and, and I guess is the perception – up in Pullman, similar to what Cristobal said, that those guys are that kind of players. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think both the coaches, the players, and really even the fan base know that the offensive line is probably the most solid unit on the field for WSU. And especially those two guys, they've, they've and, and Josh Watson, you know, Liam Ryan, Abraham Lucas, Josh Watson, they've all been starting since the beginning of the 2018 season. Um, Abraham Lucas is up to six foot seven, 330 pounds, a right tackle. Just, great guy. just yes, just a great guy. And you know, Oregon State has some talented edge players, and Abe Lucas didn't allow a single pressure and four knockdown blocks. Just, I think they're the real deal. And what's cool is when you ask coaches about what they do on the field, it automatically turns to off the field. I think Abe and Liam are both pretty quiet guys. Um, they just they just keep their head down and Rolovic said he likes to watch you know he, he just sat there and watched in awe of them the way they prepared in the hotel on the bus on the plane just everything they did um, as true professionals so I do think that is in fact WSU's most solid group and I think uh, they're really excited because they've done a lot of the same thing the last three years in the air raid and they're, they're finally able to get out in space you saw Abe Lucas and Liam Ryan skip pulling on Saturday and it was kind of like whoa and it was just really exciting to see them do that. And I think they're excited about what, what they can do in this offense. And um, I know they're going to be tested, obviously, against Oregon's front. But um, they're, they're looking forward to it. And I do think that they both take it on because they want to be Sunday players. Um, I think Abraham Lucas has, you know, he got names of pro football focuses, national team of the week against Oregon State. I, I just think he has really what it takes, especially with that size, um, the extra growth he had this offseason that he can really be that guy. So I think Cristobal is completely right when he talked about those guys. And then uh, Brian Green and Jarrett Kingston are the new starters at center and left guard, Green at center and Kingston at left guard. And um, it's new because WSU's had the same starting center with Frederick McGoyle for three years before this. But uh, Brian Green's been around. He's a redshirt junior, a uh, kid from Yakima. And Jarrett Kingston's also a big kid, both over 300 pounds. And, and they, know how to, they know how to work in space, and these guys around them are really giving them a safety blanket, both having veterans they can turn to on their side. And so the offensive line is definitely that group for WSU. And I think a lot of people are excited to see what that offensive line could do with, with Borgie. Obviously, Dion McIntosh looked great, but it's, re- it's really set the tone for Delora, and I think down the road it's going to be really beneficial for Delora to be able to trust those guys on, on both anchors on the edge. All right, I got I got one more question for you, Zach. Um, what's what's the difference in this game? Why would Washington? What has to happen for Washington State to win? What has to happen for Oregon uh, to win this game? I think for WSU, it's 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 just limiting the run game for Oregon. Obviously, you saw how many yards they ate up with Die and Verdell, and 
quarterback play last week. They just they just look really good on the ground. They always have. Verdell rushed for over 250 yards against WC last year at Austin. So I think it's just going to have to come down to slowing those guys down. And, and then that turns to time of possession too. You know, it, it took a while for the WSU offense to sort of get rolling, get going. And I think if Oregon's able to just eat up clock and pound the rock uh, against WSU, it's, it's going to be a struggle for Delora and those guys to kind of catch up when they've, when they've never really been in that situation before, got the first points last week. So I think if Oregon's able to do that, and, and obviously it's what they do, one of the things they do best on offense, and they've done it well against WSU in the past. So I think for, for Oregon to win, it's just really, it's really pound the rock. Obviously they trust their quarterback, but um, what they've done to WSU in the past and WSU has a lot of different guys playing defensive tackle. Like I said, uh, Christian Mieha wasn't there last week and he was listed as a potential starter. Um, Dallas Hobbs started some games last year and he's, he's back this year, but then there's Amir Crowder only played in a couple games last year and started. And then, uh, Amir Mujahid and Anthony Pule, number 96. I think he's listed as 50-something on the roster, but he's actually 96. Um, those two guys are both junior college transfers. So there's like six bodies. Dickert even said at one time they were rotating 8 to 10 at defensive tackles. So it's, I think it's going to come down to whether or not those sort of guys who have never played through a full game and that level of physicality, more so rotating, are able to balance with what uh, the Oregon running backs are able to do going to do it for us here on the podcast for the odds and audibles podcast getting you ready for saturday afternoons early evenings oregon at washington state 4 p.m kickoff game on fox follow zach's work on kook fan follow our work on duckterritory.com uh zach looking forward to seeing you in the press box and hopefully we get dealt a very exciting football game to cover yeah absolutely looking forward to seeing you guys and uh thanks for having me on